I grew 170,000 followers on TikTok in one day. That's insane. Why did you quit your job? Um, but you're the first photographer I've ever spoken to that's never sent a pitch email. The first brand that reached out to me was actually Adidas. Wow. There was a guy that followed me and he's commenting negative comments on every post. I'm like, why are you following me? You hear about some horror stories with suicides and depressions. Never think you know everything. How can you push that one technique to another level? Do you feel like you're a content creator or a photographer? I think the videos that do the best are always like the Demis Rosley is a Sydney-based photographer, designer, Lightroom and Samsung ambassador who specializes in urban architecture and aerial photography and pushes the boundaries of photography through unique perspectives and creative editing techniques. He's worked with some of the biggest names out there and it was humbling to see how honest and grounded he is. For a photographer who's never pitched a job before in his life, I was in awe at his confidence and skill level to be able to attract the success that he has done. We talked a lot about the business side of his photography and honed in on what drives him creatively. Furthermore, we chatted about his architectural influence that seems to be the undercurrent to his style. Demis is hugely active and successful on social media. And so, of course, we touched upon those challenges uh, that we see as a photographer in today's world. And of course, we talked about many other topics as well. So now I bring you Demis Risley. Welcome to the Move Podcast. Uh, absolute pleasure for to have you on and um, for us to be spending kind of the second day of 2024 uh, together for a little bit. So uh, the privilege is all mine. Thank you so much for taking the time. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to this chat. Thank you for having me. And yeah, nice to meet you. Let's start with um, a quick kind of intro as, as to who you are for people who, who may not know you. And there's, there's hundreds of thousands that do know you, but for people that don't, can you give us a, a little introduction, a little bit of the meta pitch as to who Demas Risley So, uh, yeah, my name is Demas Risley. I'm a photographer and designer based in Sydney, Australia. Uh, I picked up a camera at the same time, like I started my Instagram account at in 2012, which is, wow, it's over, it's 12 years ago now. Um, and yeah, at the time I was doing university, I was doing architecture. Um, and then I finished architecture school while still posting on social media, worked in an architecture office for five years. Um, and during that time I started to uh, my Instagram account kind of grew over time and started to get a few jobs here and there. And then, uh, during the pandemic, uh, I quit my architecture job and became a full-time freelance photographer. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Um, my photography style leads more towards, uh, creative editing and travel. Uh, but it's, it's all to do with like, how to push photography to another level and like trying different things and teaching people how to look at things in different ways, I guess. Why did you quit your job? Um, so I was actually enjoying my job. Like as in, I, I really liked the people. Um, and the work was, was really cool because I worked in one of the bigger, one of the bigger Sydney architecture firms. Um, and we were designing like big skyscrapers and really large apartment buildings. Um, but photography got like too much, like, as in like, I started to travel a lot more. Um, and then I, uh, started to do, I started to get a lot more offers in terms of photography jobs. So towards the last like two, three years of my work, I became part-time and, uh, I had this really cool deal with the office where, uh, if I'm only meant to work like three and a half days a week, like on contractually, um, but. If I work five um, and I don't have any jobs at that moment, uh, that one and a half days goes towards my leave. So like I could just be working five days a week. Uh, and then all of a sudden, after a month, I get like a week off, essentially, right? It's added to my leave. So then whenever I get a job, I can just go, hey, I got to travel here for a week. Uh, and then that's sort of a really cool deal because I can kind of travel whenever. Um, and then. 
when the pandemic hit, the office started like didn't have enough work, so they told all the part-time staff to go and leave. So I ended up being on leave for about two months. Um, paid and leave? then I would, uh, no, unpaid leave. unpaid leave. Yeah. So it was unpaid leave for two months. Uh, but I think I already deep down wanted to leave, like maybe a year before. And I felt like I could have in terms, because I was already getting enough work and getting enough income from photography. Um, and then I felt like it was just a push that I needed to, to make the jump. Um, in that time, in the two months that I was off, I started a TikTok account and that was when like TikTok was starting to, to grow for a lot of people. Um, and then I was like, oh, let's just m- mess around, see what happens. I started posting like two, three videos a day on TikTok just from like old footage that I had. Um, and then it was pretty crazy. Like one of the videos I posted, uh, blew up, went viral. And uh, I grew 170,000 followers on TikTok in one day, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> 170,000 in one day? Yeah, on TikTok, which is... And now video. my TikTok has more followers than on, than on Instagram, which is, which is pretty crazy. Okay, so rewind a little bit because, um, you know, architecture interests me and, and there's an inextricable link, I guess, between architecture and photography right but what was it about photography that made you kind of transition um so i picked up photography kind of randomly because when i was in second year of university my cousin from indonesia um he had a job in sydney which is like a pre-wedding photo shoot so he was he came here with a couple and he didn't know anywhere in sydney so he messaged me he's like hey can you uh help me be an assistant for the weekend like can you uh, help us drive and like change lenses, hold flash for him, stuff like that. But at the time, I knew nothing about photography. I'd never shot with a camera before. I'd never, never, like nothing. Um, and when I was helping him, it was really eye opening because we went to like these epic mountains in Sydney, like called the Snowy Mountains, and the scenery was amazing. Um, and the couple was happy. My cousin was happy, and like it was such a good time. Um, and then. During that trip, I just started to take photos with my phone, like just for fun. And it was just like a really old smartphone at the time. Um, and then, yeah. And then I just like fell in love with just capturing things, like just seeing, like editing, capturing. And then as I kept going with that and I just kept taking more photos of things I thought was interesting, um, I decided to play around with it when I'm editing because when I'm in architecture school, we learn how to use Photoshop and we learn how to manipulate images, manipulate, like create things from scratch, essentially, right? Because it's all like a design that's in your head and you have to represent it uh, in a really interesting way um, in, in graphics and in, in poster form and stuff like that. Um, and so there was one time where I just decided, let's, what happens if I just like mirror this or flip the city upside down and then like, it kind of snowballed from there and that's sort of how uh maybe i set myself a little bit apart from other photographers um at at the beginning i can certainly see i mean looking through your work um i've been following you for a while but actually looking a bit deeper into this is the problem with social media right you might follow someone but you don't really know who they are or what they're you know the, the depth of their work but once i started looking a di- little bit deeper into you and your your work blown away with the creativity of a lot of shots that i guess most photographers would would deem not simple but like a simple concept right whether it's a cityscape or landscape or an aerial shot you kind of take that concept and you you just juggle it all around and 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 just kind of completely flip it on its head sometimes literally right i mean i think remembering one of your shots it might have been in hong kong but like you said it was the city upside down and i think it was a it was someone standing on a on a cliff, yeah, on the or, cliff something. or something yeah yeah i mean, I mean super yeah. cool like really freaky because uh you know your eyes your brain isn't you know doesn't really uh process that naturally as a kind of image you have to kind of take a second look at it which is what photography is all about right and is is was that a conscious 
it was just trial and error by the sounds of it. But once you kind of uh, kind of had that idea, how easy was it to kind of run with it? And more importantly, did you get jobs from that type of style? Uh, I have gotten jobs a little bit from that type of style. Um, but also, I think just like, I think architecture school really kind of played with my mind and like how I see the world, I guess. Like I'm always starting to like question things. Why is this like that? Or why is that like that? And like, um, what happens if I flip this? What happens if this is like this? And like, I start to question the world a lot more when I was starting studying architecture. Um, but then, I mean, I also like follow a bunch of like, other graphic artists and like photographers who do this kind of stuff as well. So like, uh, you get inspired quite, quite easily, especially on Instagram. Like you see quite a lot of stuff, um, where sometimes it's like, you, you don't know if it's a real photo or not. And like, and I kind of sometimes take that on board and like, uh, use that for my own photography as well. Does the, the impending influence of AI, um, I guess, scare you or impact you in, in any of your work? Because like you said, there are a lot of images these days that you could mistake for AI or vice versa, right? Um, how does that play into yep. your, your role and your workflow, if at all? Um, so the only form of AI I currently use is the, just a new generative field tool in Photoshop. Uh, that actually helps me a lot because I like to clean up my photos, like get rid of the people in the background and like, uh, add, uh, sometimes add some clouds or just add a bit more interest to it. Um, so that actually has saved me a lot of time. Um, and I haven't really messed around with like, like straight up image generation type, type of AI. I haven't really played around much with that, but, uh, maybe in the future, uh, I'm, I'm not against it at all. I'm really excited about what AI can bring. Um, and I think like advancements in technology is always a good thing because like it really pushes you and like really pushes your creativity and see how different you can be, right? Um, in your own form of art. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree more. What is your favorite? I mean, you, you're a very diverse photographer, right? You, I don't know whether you would say you have one specific style because you do so many different types of photography. Um, but what, what is your favorite? If you were to just get up one morning, you've got nothing to do other than get a camera, go shoot. What is, what comes to the forefront of your mind? Um, probably architecture and shooting, uh, cities and, and urban environments. Um, finding like cool new architecture in the city or like some sort of, uh, structure that like makes us feel small and like this really grand structure. Like it's it's more to do with like human scale and and the the building around us or the 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 city around us I guess. But I also love to shoot nature. Um, I don't know. I just I just like to explore new places, um, even old places. Explore them too. Uh, see like what new angles you can get. Um, it's always good to revisit places you've been to as well. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I guess with your architectural background, I, I'm interested to kind of dig a little bit deeper into almost like your minimalist style with architecture because I absolutely love it. Um, but there's something in your brain that is, is, uh, kind of wanting you to express how small, I guess humans are. Is that more philosophical kind of expression as to our place in the universe or is it just kind of, you know, you like the way these images look? Um, I think, that also stemmed from like architecture school because when we design buildings in architecture school, there's, uh, we're always told to put a human figure inside it just to show, uh, the sense of scale and like how big it is. It is. Like, are you a massive person inside this space? Are you feeling claustrophobic or are you inside this grand space where it's like, you know, really massive and like super high ceilings and, and whatnot? Um, and then that, translated into my photography because i always try to put a human in it or some sort of human element in what way maybe a car or a plane something that people can relate to um and so yeah i think it's more about showing scale and being able to relate give someone a, a bit of a relationship to the photo as well like 
what do I, what does it feel like for me to be in the photo or what does it feel like for a person which is someone what looking at it uh to be in that space you seem to put yourself in 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 a lot of your photos is that right i mean i, I i'm not sure if i can because the subject's so far away it may be someone else but it it a lot, a lot of the time looks like it's yourself. mostly my wife <laughs> oh is it <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, a, it's mostly my wife in my photos because when we would travel together i just kind of get her to stand in the in the space or wherever it needs to yeah, be yeah. um either my wife or like sometimes if it's a street photo just like someone walking past and i try to capture that talk to me a little bit more about your creative editing you, you talked about this earlier like what do you exactly mean by that i just mean like i think whenever people talk about photography like it's always just like there's always a a line where it's like how far is too far when it comes to editing and like Mm -hmm. is it still considered photography and like that kind of stuff so that's a question uh i ask myself i guess a lot and also uh whenever i post something like a lot of not a lot but like because things go more viral now on reels and on tiktok there's people who don't follow me who who just randomly see it and be like, this is not photography. Uh, this is whatever they want to call it, right? I don't know. It could be graphics or like mm-hmm. uh, photo manipulation or something. Uh, but to me, it's still photography because I, I take all the pieces of it myself. Like I, I go out and take the pieces and like, and then people say, oh, if you, if you're a good photographer, you don't need to edit anything or like play that, you know, like. There's that school of thought as well. But then sometimes it's like, what if I did take a good photo, but I also want to play around with it? There's, there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, and it's a form of art and it's a form of like self-expression. So yeah, for me, like fo- photo editing can be something from like literally color grading a photo all the way to, yeah, like we said earlier, like flipping CDs upside down or like, adding my own reflection or removing people from the scene, stuff like that. So like, that's sort of what I mean by creative photography or creative editing. Creative editing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. I, I've had this kind of um, conversation, I guess, discussion with, with many people, whether it's online or in person and um, you know, with regards to editing, where's the line and stuff. But it's in my opinion, I say this all the time. Photography is just an edit of, what you're perceiving through your own eyes, right? You're you're taking a, a tool, this metal box essentially, and putting editing your whole 180 degrees field of view into that little box. Decide and you're so before you even actually as soon as you before you even press the shutter button, you're editing what you see and what real life is, right? Because you're cutting out 99% of what you see. So for people who who say that kind of stuff are ignorant and pretentious because they're trying to purify something that isn't pure. It's it, you are editing something from the minute you pick up a camera, probably even before, because you're thinking about what you want to shoot and how you want to how you want to shoot it and how what you want it to look like. Right? It's fucking editing. So I, you know, I just don't buy that argument. It just depends, like you know there isn't a line really there isn't that line where photography becomes graphic design or whatever you might call it now ai design or ai imaging or whatever um but like you said if you're pick if you're getting p- the any piece of that image with a camera then it's photography right it 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 just is um so yeah i don't i don't buy the argument from people who who say that crap I mean that AI came into our world prominently in 2022, but it's been around for years in photography, whether in camera or in computer. It's been around for ages, and people are, are perfectly happy to use it, right? Um, so, yeah, it's that's just a misnomer in my opinion. Um, anyway, where what is your what is your status right now in terms of, um, I guess, uh, as a photographer in in inverted quotation marks? What are you a freelance photographer? Do you, um, you know, I know you you have a YouTube channel. How how does kind of the business all get 
constructed with your 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 label as a photographer now what do you do what does your daily kind of work schedule look like do you work with brands clients do you sell art do you monetize youtube how does it all kind of fit into making a business out of photography i guess is, is basically what i'm asking uh other than that last year i was a lightroom ambassador which is also a 12-month contract uh, so that was really cool to be able to meet all the other lightroom ambassador i think luke has been on this podcast as well he was also a lightroom ambassador so i got to meet him last year which is super cool um and then uh there's other jobs that come about throughout the year uh which i don't know when it's going to come which is kind of the the scary part of being a freelancer but like just looking back on the past few years it's kind of consistently been coming through maybe like once every month or once every few months so um i've done work in the past for brands like audi uh emirates uh what else like pokemon go uber kasha just a bunch of random things that like come about via email which is super cool because like, i don't know what's going to be coming next or who's going to be reaching out next um and then uh what else was there yeah, and then there's like a bit of YouTube income from AdSense, but that's not too much at all. And I also have a print store, which I sell some of my photos online on on a print store website. Awesome, man. Well, what a portfolio. I love it. Um, <laughs> a lot to kind of unpack there. Let's talk quickly about prints because you mentioned that last, but h- how well do you do with those? I mean, I would have one of your prints in a heartbeat, but I'm one of those old school guys that likes hanging prints on walls. Um, do you have you seen a kind of downward trend in that? And uh, if so, how have you adapted? Um, I would say I don't sell too many prints. I find that I don't know. Maybe maybe my photos are not like the style that people want in their home. Maybe it's a bit too crazy sometimes. Um, <laughs> but like it's like I don't know. I don't know, right? Like, because maybe people want photos of beaches and like things that I don't know yeah. that make that calm them down. Maybe I don't know. Like, I do have photos of them, but uh, on my store, there's some of that, and there's also some of the stuff that's like uh, more popular on social media as well. Um, in terms of like downward trends, I think it's just been pretty steady, but it's not like high steady. It's been like oak, like low steady. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, I, w- I would love to see prints come back, but it's not going to happen. I mean, I, I guess that it's <laughs> kind of um, evolved into NFTs now, really, if you want to sell yeah. um, do Have you dabbled in M- NFTs at all? Um, a little bit, not too much. Uh, when uh, when Beeple was like growing heaps, you know, when Beeple was like, he sold that massive one. Um, I actually met him at Adobe Max a few years ago. Uh, before all this NFT stuff blew up, super cool guy, uh, and he's really talented and he's super like he posts every day, right? So he's like always so driven and just always busy. Um, but I did dabble a little bit. I sold a few, but like I haven't. I'm not really in the space. I would say it feels almost like a closed space. Not closed. That's the wrong word. But uh, there are some barriers to entry to kind of get in that space. It's it's such a community there, but almost a little bit cliquey where you have to just spend so much time kind of getting to know that space, that community, um, for them to get to know you, immersing yourself in the collector's world as much as the artistic world with NFTs. And um, it's yeah. super exciting. I mean, I'm really attracted by it. It's just, it's just trying to find, you know, big kind of a, a clear transition to go right i'm going to put a lot of my time every day now into and into nfts um yeah 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 for sure. you know and i wouldn't never want to do it half-heartedly right so it's it's an interesting space to watch certainly tell me a little bit more about yeah we we had luke i know you know some of the people here in bali and some of the, the photographers and we've had um a few of them on uh, Luke is is amazing. I'm super happy to see him yeah. get the ambassadorship this. Well, no, last year I guess now, 2023. Um, how what is that process like? So for people who are on the outside and see the ambassadors get kind of uh, awarded with their ambassadorship each year, 
is there an application process? Do they reach out to you? And then what happens when you get that ambassadorship? Is there a certain kind of number of tasks you have to do every month, every year? Just tell us a little bit about what being a Lightroom ambassador means. Um, so yeah, they did reach out uh, to apply. So it wasn't like you reach out and you get it straight away, but you, you reach out and you fill in an application form and like basically write why you think you should be a Lightroom ambassador and like just a bunch of questions that they ask. Um, and then I was fortunately uh, chosen to be one of them. And then uh, throughout the year, there's like meetings. So like every three months we would do a Zoom call as a big group and we would chat about Lightroom updates and like what we think could be improved and just basically get to know each other. Um, but throughout the year, we had to do, I think, one post a month. So it's pretty like not too crazy amount of like deliverables, one post a month and a couple of stories a month. Um, and then on top of that, we were also given extra budget to do a passion project. Um, so uh, I'd never explored Europe before. So my passion project was to travel to Europe for the first time with my wife. And we ca I captured like a lot of photos and explored all the, all the new architecture, um, which was amazing to see. Um, and yeah, and on top of that, we get to meet all the other Lightroom ambassadors, uh, during a Derby Mac. So all of us went to this one big conference in LA. And yeah, it was super fun just to meet all of them in person because they're all like super talented. They're all really good at what they do. And yeah, it's, it's awesome to, to meet like-minded people. Who's your favorite photographer? Oh, I don't know. That's a really, really tough question. Uh, like Give me a few. When I was, when I was like, uh, I don't know, on the come up. I don't know if that's the right word, but like when I was like really like looking at Instagram, like, oh, that's so cool. I want to be like that or whatever. Um, there was a guy called NK7. Uh, he doesn't post too much anymore. Oh, yeah. But he's from, he's from, I think he's from Shanghai, if I'm not wrong, or he's definitely from Ch from China. But I think he lives in Shanghai now. Um, but like he he would be a big inspiration. George Hammond was a really big inspiration as well when I when I first started. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like those guys who explore uh, cool cities and travel the world and like find really cool angles of of buildings. Um, so those those guys would probably be like inspiration for me when i was starting out what about now who, who inspires you now i don't know it's really tough because like i think it's like such a such a different space now like it's more about like how to get this trend and like make it your own and stuff like that and like like what that, do you mean that's sort of the like tiktok videos reels videos are all about like Oh, there's this trend. There's this, there's this trending music. Mm -hmm. Like, how can you put your own twist to this trending music or trend? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a guy, you, you, you probably know Carl Shakur. He's pretty cool. I, I, I yep. really like his work. Yeah. Um, like I, whenever he does something, it's always just like 100% and he, he goes hard. Um, so like he's super cool. Uh, short stash. Like these guys are all like friends of mine, like really cool people that I I've met through photography. So like, yeah, just basically, yeah, people doing cool stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I I like <laughs> I love both of their their work. Tell me a little bit more about TikTok. Um, what what do you do on TikTok in terms of videos as a photographer? Um, you know, making motion stuff. Like, how do you? How did you approach that? And, you know, how did you find, I guess, relative success in that? I think the videos that do the best are always like the educational ones. So teaching people how to edit something or teaching people how to shoot something or teaching, telling people a certain location of where this is or, you know, that kind of stuff. Those are usually the ones that do the best. Um, yeah. So I try to lean more towards making those types of videos and, it's really strange because like in the past before TikTok and Reels came about, you just go out and take a photo and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go home and edit this and then post the final results, right? Like you don't really record too much behind the scenes. 
you didn't really record the process. Uh, but now when I'm out shooting, it's 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 very different. It's like, hey, tell them, can you please record me? Take this photo. It's like it's a bit of a more more things to think about. Um, yeah. because you never know when that video or that clip of you doing something might be handy in the future. So you just try to capture as many different angles of something of me doing something as possible, right? Like sometimes I'd be like, oh, I'll set a tripod over there. I don't know. And then different angle. Yeah. Yeah. Just see, see what happens. <laughs> Is that, uh, how much time do you put into that? That's a kind of a daily thing. Uh, when I'm traveling, yes. Like it's like when I, when I'm traveling, it's pretty like full on go, go, go record myself doing this, record the behind the scenes, record how I got there, stuff like that. But when I'm at home, not really. It's only when I go out and shoot. I, I don't go out and shoot too much anymore in Sydney. Uh, when I'm back home, I always, I'm more like editing the stuff I, I get when I'm traveling. Yeah. So you, you, you know, your reels and, um, other kind of shorts, uh, TikTok videos, essentially BTS, um, kind of fun BTS. Would that, that be a best way to put it? Yeah. BTS and tutorials. Uh, and sometimes like a slideshow maybe of like different themes, like, oh, here are all my red photos or like, here are all my, uh, photos ah, okay. of public transport in, in the world, around the world or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hi everyone. Before I let you continue with the podcast, just indulge me for a few minutes. I want to briefly talk to you about my new brand, Yore. Founded with my business partner and photographic artist, Finn Matson, we are proud to bring you a new artisanal jewelry and specialty coffee brand. Yep, what on earth do they have to do with anything? Well, they're both our passions and they've always been another artistic outlet for me now for over a decade. For those that know me, coffee and jewelry have been my other obsession since I was young and I am a qualified SEA coffee specialist. So when I met Finn, some of you might have listened to my podcast with him when we barely knew each other, our love for art and jewelry had a home and that home is Yore. Yore is about the art of intent for everything that we do. Our intention with the label was to add a touch of celestial elegance and artistic expression to our visual narratives. Every piece is a statement a reflection of your unique story and purpose. It's not just jewelry, it's a wearable piece of art that speaks volumes. Picture this, silver or gold adorned with an actual piece of lunar meteorite, making every piece as unique as the moments we usually capture through our lenses. From limited edition lunar jewelry pieces to finely crafted 925 sterling silver and gold rings, pendants and chains, there's something for all of you in each of our unique designs. We're also committed to the environment as much as possible. Our coffee in our barley showroom is direct trade, organically produced and locally farmed, minimizing impact on the environment as much as possible. Our packaging is all sustainable and our jewelry recycled, other than the moon rock, of course. Proudly eco-friendly in both packaging and jewelry production, you can feel good about looking good. And to top it off, we offer worldwide shipping, ensuring that a piece of lunar beauty can grace your collection, no matter where life takes you. And if you ever find yourself in Bali, please come and visit our House of Yore. Our cafe and community-driven art house is a haven for creatives just like you. And before we head back into the podcast, please just take a moment to explore Yore's collection. As a special treat for you, my wonderful audience, Yore is offering an exclusive discount. So head over to our website and use the code in the description for a 10% discount off your jewelry purchase. The link and details are all in the description. So thanks so much for listening and I'll let you get back to the podcast now. And you like, you, yeah. you told me off air, you used to have a podcast. What, what was that about? Yeah, so a friend of mine, uh, Ichban, uh, he's another photographer that I met through yeah so we both live in sydney uh we met through instagram we became like really good friends through instagram um and we started a podcast a few years ago i think it was just before the pandemic uh called the 529 podcast so it's three numbers 529 but it's a essentially a, a play on opposite of a nine to five 
So it's like ah, okay. your passion project. So it's like, yeah, so we call it five to nine. Thought it was a clever name. At the, <laughs> um, uh, and then we we basically talk about uh, and, and interview guests who, who have uh, maybe not had a nine to five, but like who turn their uh, passion into their career. Um, and so we did about maybe 15 to 20 episodes um, and the editing process and the amount of coordination and stuff was, was quite full on. So we, we couldn't really continue it, but we're actually at the moment in talks of uh, redoing it and starting it up again very soon, hopefully. Cool. Yeah, it's a lot of work, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, you've got to really, really love it. Um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about um, the the business side of of getting jobs. A lot of people that that watch and listen to the podcast are interested in maybe how to begin. You know, maybe they can they're good at photography, but don't really know how to enter the the getting paid for it arena. With you now having where you're at now, uh, you know, it's easier to see kind of how you might get those jobs, having more experience, having worked for people before, having a big social media following. But rewind maybe you know, a few years pre-pandemic, how, how how did you go about getting jobs then? Was it more of a hustle? Did you focus a lot on social media? Was there a lot of pitch emails going out? Or even back then, were you, you know, getting requests from brands and companies and stuff like that? Uh, so funny enough, I've never sent a pitch email before. Uh, wow. I've never, I've never reached out to any brands before, actually. So it's pretty, pretty surreal, like to, to have started a career based on just like waiting for emails um but i was very insane (laughs) i was i was working in architecture at the time so i already had a job right so i was working full-time i was earning a full-time income so i was able to i guess pick and choose the clients i kind of wanted to work with so like sometimes if it's like uh super cool something super cool i would just take up a bit of leave day from my work and be like hey i gotta go do this shoot for this brand um but my whole background is basically just posting on social media keep posting social media um and grow 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 and then wait until a brand reaches out i didn't know this was going to happen right like i started my instagram as a as a hobby like as a something for fun you know like i enjoy taking photos on the weekends or after work then i would go home and edit them and then i post them you know it's very like I used to post every single day, and I think I posted every day for a good seven seven years or something. Like I just nonstop would be wow. posting every single day. Um, so maybe like from there and from the growth of my account, uh, brands started to reach out. The first the first brand that reached out to me was actually Adidas, which is one of the bigger brands that you'd probably. Um, they were like, "Hey, they uh, we have the pair of NMD shoes." Uh, we can gift it to you for free if you give me give us three posts. And I was like so excited. I was like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> and then, um, That's amazing. I did it at the time. I I didn't know like I should be charging money or whatnot. Yeah. Um. I was like, yeah, I'll take you a did it. Shoot. And they I, never I, worked with you again. <laughs> I uh, I love sneakers, right? And I um I actually have a, a good sneaker collection myself. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. It's something I love, and I get to get a free pair of shoes. Um, so I did it. And then next thing you know, it kind of snowballs. And like uh, a few months later, Nike reached out. A few months later, New Balance reached out. A few months later, Puma reached out. It just kept going from there. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, And then over time, I obviously learned to charge. Like, I mean, like oh, I can't <laughs> just get a free pair of shoes anymore. Uh, so you learn a bit, you chat with your friends who also getting similar deals. Like, oh, how much are you charging? And then we kind of like, uh, learn, you know, to, to how, how can I turn this into a business? And then, yeah, go from there. But I think it's because I had this kind of architecture base to fall on and to fall back on. And like, I didn't, I wasn't afraid to be like, uh, asking for more money maybe. Cause it's like, if I don't get it, I'm okay with. I still have this, I still have income from architecture. Um, and so I guess that's how I learned like our oh, brands are willing to pay this amount or brands are willing to pay that amount just to test the waters a bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's worked out and I just kind of keep going. Um, 
Yeah. Unbelievable. You're the first photographer I've ever spoken to that's never sent a pitch email. I, I can only <laughs> just say, well done, like congratulations. That, that's incredible and um, totally deserved, obviously. So, you know, I like to think um, most of that is just your art speaking for itself. Yeah, you you had another job that you could rely on, but you still got people and brands, huge brands reaching out to you, right? That's, that's no mean feat. Um, so what was the success factor? What was that uh, thing that made people notice you, that made people reach out? Because, you know, there are people that may have hundreds of thousands of followers, but still clients may not reach out to them because it's maybe they don't like their work, it's not good enough, or it's just not fitting what they need, right? So what do you think it is about you, your work that kind of, A, makes people follow you, but B, makes it attractive to to brands i think it's more about like showing your passion and show and showing and going all out on it so for example if you love to if you love sneakers for example like before i got this adidas uh, before adidas reached out to me i was shooting my own sneakers for a little bit i was like oh this is a cool angle of my own sneakers so i would when i'm traveling i would do a few sneaker shots just for fun because i enjoyed them and then i guess from there i would post them to social media and then somehow i don't know how but brands would see it and then they'd be like oh cool can you do that with with our shoes um and then it's always really weird like i would travel to japan and then i would take photos of japan in my own way and then like a year later japan tourism reaches out and is like hey uh can you come to japan and take photos to promote our country so it's like things always kind of like if you uh, effort, time and effort into your own passion and into your own, uh, like what you really love to do. You usually, like, hopefully, if they're good, if they're good work, they would come back and like reach out to you. Uh, but I mean, maybe I've been lucky. I don't know. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just worked out. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. That's amazing. What, Speaking of social media, I mean, it sounds like you've got most of your jobs through having a social media following. Now the landscape is so different. What kind of pieces of advice can you give to, you know, people with a few thousand followers starting out in photography, wanting to grow that? How how, how would you go about kind of advising them? I think it's always for social media. It's about being active and being consistent. So by active, I mean, not just posting, like uh, creating communities meet uh, meet other photographers comment on other photographers that you like their work of and like uh, that kind of stuff so it's like it's a social it's a social platform right so it's not just a sharing platform where you just share your own photos and then not and not touch it uh, I'm still I'm still commenting on a lot of photos I'm still liking everyone's co- content um, you know that kind of stuff it's 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 more making friends like and I haven't seen any comments friends. or likes from you, Demis, on my photos. <laughs> I, I haven't seen any. <laughs> yeah, no, you're. To- I yeah, I, th- I I agree with you. I would add maybe one caveat to that is to to not do it for the sake of growing. Do it because yes, yes. Y- you want you're authentically wanting to connect with people, right? I think that's yes. super important. You know, I see comments on on my posts. I know. I I can kind of tell I, I I can't be sure but I can kind of tell people who are commenting because that's their strategy not commenting because they want to like give me kudos or reach out or just connect with me right so I I I totally agree with you I just say like you know you've got to want to do it and going back to your original point um about just shooting and 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 photography you you that does come through when people see you see your work whether it's on social media wherever on a podcast like this you know you can see people's passion you, it really comes through in their work and that's the type of people that brands companies clients anyone collaborations that those are the type of people that people want to work with and work for so totally agree with you tell me more about um something that's extremely important that's your sneaker collection where what is tell me about it what is in your wardrobe right now in terms of your sneaker collection um so i guess in the past i was more into like you know the more hype jordans and nikes and yeah. like air maxes and stuff like that 
But now I'm more into like the comfort shoes. Like I'm really into like Crocs. My two favorite brands out now. Uh, my two favorite brands out now are New Balance and On Running. Okay. Um, so I love their shoes. Like they're super trendy and like they look cool, but like they're so comfortable. Cause like I travel a lot and I'm, when I'm traveling, I'm walking like 25,000, 30,000 steps a day. So when I'm out like that, like I want to be as comfortable as possible. My legs are hurting, you know, at the end of the day. But like if I'm mm-hmm. wearing non-comfortable shoes, you'll be hurting even more. So I just always, I'm looking for like really nice walking shoes now. Like, but also ones that, that look good and, and have like everyone's like raving about them. Well, on running has been so cool. Like I, it's just a brand that's come out of nowhere recently because Roger Federer has backed them. Uh, uh-huh. and the, the shoes that they make, uh, they're, me- they're meant to be for running, like performance running and like long distance running. But, uh, whenever I travel, their, their shoes have been really clutch. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I'd never, I hadn't, hadn't heard of them before, but I guess now everyone's going to check them out. Um, <laughs> what about you personally? How, how will you? I don't know if this is important to you, but how do you evolve as a photographer? Is there, you know, do you just kind of take it day by day, project by project? Are you always consciously trying new things? You've got ideas coming out. Is it a conscious kind of effort to sit down and go, right, I'm going to write a list of ideas or trips or or projects, subjects I want to shoot with, or do you just kind of let it flow? Uh, It's a bit of both, right? Like I always, like for me, the base case, is always to post at least four to five pieces of content on my Instagram and TikTok a week. Okay. Um, so, so that's the base case. So, being active on there is sort of my my bread and butter, right? Like I always have to do that. And then if there's a job, I still have to always push four to five pieces of content a week. So, um, whenever there's no job, I always try to bank bank some stuff up, ready to go. So, base like when I was traveling, I was in Taiwan and Singapore. Last week, my wife and we went for a ten-day trip. I had all the content ready to go, so I didn't. When I'm when I'm traveling, I never need to edit. I edit when I'm back home. Um, and then, in terms of like the future, I just yeah take it day by day. Uh, it's always been that way because I don't know what's coming next, right? Like um, having this like Samsung contract's been great because then I could really like. Like, like Samsung contracts basically similar to the Lightroom one where, where I have to post X amount oh, in a year, you know, like nine posts a year or 12 posts a year, uh, YouTube videos, TikTok videos, etc. Um, And then because there's this thing, there's the contract that's there in the background, then like I could really be more free, I guess, in the stuff I post. And like, I do have ideas and like, but the ideas just come like, as I go, like, I'm not like planning months in advance, you know, like it's more like, oh, in two days, I'm going to be posting this thing or like it. And then I, oh, maybe I'll do this one next or whatever. Like it's stuff I've shot when I'm traveling, but also you have to be on your toes as well to see, like we were talking about before, like what trends are happening on social media. You got to be watching like, oh, this, there's a trend like this. I'm going to try use the footage I got from Taiwan to match it to that trend. So you can't just be like, editing now and then posting that whatever you posted in like four months time because it's going to be not on trend anymore so you're always going to be watching out what the next thing is on social media um and sort of i think that's a good way to grow on social media to be watching for that but obviously you don't want to be like wrapped down to trends right you don't want to be like oh i'm the guy that's following all the trends you want to be able to mold what you do to the trends like you don't want you want to be like make the trends your own yeah that's a really important point i'm glad you added it because i was going to ask how difficult it is for especially people who want to grow i mean we all want to grow um but for someone like yourself who already has such a big following uh i guess you're more you're more concerned about maintaining that level and and growing you know consistently consistently if you can the people that are are not at your level in terms of um, audience, it's very easy to fall into that trap of just following trends. And then you end up kind of losing your voice and losing maybe your style as well, losing your identity, uh, kind of 
then you then you know if that keeps going you end up just resenting it and then maybe you don't enjoy it anymore and it just becomes this pressure that you just this vicious circle of i need to post i need to follow trends and then you, you before you know it you wake up and go well, what the fuck is going on i don't like this anymore right i mean that's kind but of i think a like for me, i think i thinking probably about. i had to go through that too right like i when right. i was on the come up before like i was trying to you know be oh how do i grow how do i this and then like as soon as i realized like it's not about that anymore it's about what you want and what you like i think that's where i kind of grew even more like you know what i mean like it, it my count grew even more and like uh you just don't think about it like it's hard to say obviously for someone who's really wanting to grow and still very small but the the less you think about growth the more growth you actually get uh i find i find and the more you think about you what you want to do what you like what what you want to show the world rather than what pleasing others that's that's all i think that's way people should like push through it and like get through that tunnel right to get to the other side 100 percent, and that's how i think um my growth has come from as well just not forgetting about growth and it's and it's unrealistic for us to say that right no one forgets about growth we all want to be kind of successful in that arena that part of our photography world but um the more you can be yourself and do just do what you want to do there are going to be people yeah. that don't like it in fact the majority of the world won't even know about it but there will yeah. be your little tiny little circle um who love it and that circle will gradually increase a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and they will like going back to what we said before they will see that you're doing what you love they'll see that you're mm. being consistent with doing what you love that will come through and that's an attractive thing for people who want to find new accounts and or come across a new account and go oh yeah this guy looks like he's loving it and he's producing great work i'm in kind of thing so yeah yeah, yeah. Totally, totally agree. And the more you grow, the the more a video goes viral. There's actually like a lot more negative comments that come about. So yeah. just like, like start off like it's okay not to have viral videos because you gotta you gotta like toughen up yourself first. Because like if I started getting these negative comments at the very beginning, you know, it's it would have been hard. But now like yeah. I kind of already desensitized to it. I don't really. <laughs> it's. You know, it's fine. What's your favorite worst comment? Oh, I don't know. There's just people just a lot of just like, oh, this is fake. This is not photography. Um, that kind of stuff. Like they, and then, yeah, it's just like things saying, people saying that I, what I do is not photography is probably the, the thing that comes out the most and like the, the thing that shines the most in my comment section. Um, but yeah, it's funny because like then people start to argue in your comments. It's like, oh man, like it's too much. <laughs> why do they? Why do you think they say that? Ah, uh, I don't know. Maybe they just like they don't really know about a lot of stuff that happens in photography. They uh, they've only known one certain way of photography. Like I don't know, like ignorance, I guess. Maybe, yeah. 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 Well. But it's also very in. strange to to just like randomly comment on someone else's post where you don't know them and it's like a complete stranger and then you just start bashing them. It's like, it's you don't so know weird. where I come from. You don't know my background. You don't know why I do something. You don't know uh, the whole idea behind this piece or this uh, why I edited it a certain way, you know, stuff like that. Um, I think I got them quite a bit more when I first started because it's like this, what is this? Like I'm kind of shaking up the photography space because when I first started, like, it's like, well, what is this random flip city of Osaka and stuff like that? And then like people like, like, is this really photography? Started people started to question it a bit more. And then I just kept doing it. Like I just kept, cause I like doing it. So, uh, I think it got more accepted over time. And then now when there's reels and stuff, more people are seeing your work and then there's more. It was kind of like really nice for a period of time before reels came because like everyone that follows me knew what I was I was all about. Uh, but now when reels and TikTok came, there's a lot more audience to see it. But 
it's good and bad in a way, right? Because you get more people seeing your work, but then there's also that little group of people that will always be like negatively commenting. There's a guy, there was a guy that followed me and he's commenting negative comments on every post. And I'm like, why are you following me? Why are you following me? <laughs> I feel like it's, it's people who, who don't necessarily have a voice in the real world and they just want to, they feel like it's open game, right? They, Cause they're, they're, their defense is, well, you you put the post up on a public space, right? I can do whatever I like. Um, well, yes, but you wouldn't go around walking on the street just shouting obscenities at every person you see or judging them for what, you know, okay, some people might have those thoughts all the time, but it's it's just weird. I find it so strange that people, these social kind of social media keyboard warriors who just sit and they find pleasure in trying to bring people down and actually successfully with a lot of people, you know, you hear about some horror stories with suicides and depression, certainly in the younger generation, but I don't know. I, I, I just don't get it. Never will. Um, people obviously don't have anything better to do with their lives. And, uh, I, what I enjoy seeing now is that those people, and I don't know how involved you get with those negative comments, but I do like seeing people just having these one-liner comebacks. George, actually, I saw one of his the other day and just I've just pissed myself. I think he put something on about, um, he put a Christmas Day post on, I think, about um, a Hindu ceremony. And someone commented, uh, inappropriate or irrelevant, you know, posting something Posting a Christmas Day post wishing everyone happy Christmas, but po- but then you know the subject is yeah, yeah, yeah. ceremony. It's like, I, I mean, I mean the the <laughs> caption wasn't didn't have anything to do with the religion versus the day of the religion of the day that we're celebrating. Nothing to do with that. But someone felt like yeah. they wanted to impose either their s- superficial knowledge about something. And George just wrote back going, "Sue me." You know, it's like, what? Why? <laughs> I just don't get it. It's just so funny. Um, I like, I like people there was, who there was a video kind of tease them a bit more, like fuel the fire and make it, make them get yeah, even yeah, more yeah. angry. I love it. There was a video posted like last week, uh, where it's literally just like if you see a puddle on the ground, you know, look, look into it and like chew the reflection, right? Like it's yeah, cool. And then obviously it's a, it's a very common photography technique and like a lot of people have made videos about it um but then there's this one guy that's like this is so boring uh how how unoriginal can you be blah 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 blah. but then in my head i I wrote back to him and i was like but there's so many beginners out there who have who will just have seen this for the first time and like why are we like gatekeeping photography techniques just because people have seen it a thousand times because this guy's seen it a thousand times Someone else might have seen it for the first time. It could be a kid, right? So, like, why am I like my techniques doesn't have to be the most advanced. It could be the easiest. So it doesn't really matter what you do, like. But this guy's just like so angry because what I'm making is too basic and too like it's just like it's so strange. Like I'm actually trying ang- to help he- people. Yeah, he's angry at himself. No- nothing else. <laughs> there's there's a ironically. Uh, you know, doing a, a video about a mirrored, um, a mirrored subject is probably just a mirror uh, uh, holding himself, holding a mirror <laughs> up against himself. You know, getting getting all fuddy duddy with his opinions, baseless opinions. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the, on the flip side of that, there is um, almost an incumbency upon us to keep photography moving forward and to keep breaking the barriers and to keep, you know such as yourself when you entered the photography space you kind of flipped it on its head with a lot of your techniques and styles right so there is this balance and it depends on the intent of which you're posting the intent of which you're sharing are you trying to educate beginners out there are you posting this for a specific reason hey look if you haven't thought about this before try it it's really fun you could get some fucking cool images and arguably some of the most repeatable and basic techniques bring out if they're done masterfully you can get some of the best photos in the world and some of the best photographers in the world have done that especially like portraiture you know there's some of the most simple techniques in the world portraiture but if you know how to express a certain feeling or whatever you know the the depth of a photo doesn't matter about the fucking basic level of technique right so 
again, yeah. it comes back to what you're doing it for, the intent, who you're exposing it to, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, the, these are the nuances we have to understand. It's also up to the audience and up to the people who want to of try course. that technique to how can you push that one technique to another level? Like, I'm just giving you a little thing. How do you take this thing and like make it yours, right? Like, you don't have to just copy everything that you see on social media. You have to elevate it and make it better. And that's how everyone improves. Yeah. Interesting. Um, do you feel like you're a content creator or a photographer? Um, I would say I am a photographer, but recently, maybe with all the video stuff coming up, it's probably more content creator because I'm like showing the behind the scenes and showing the tips and tricks, showing uh, all that stuff. So I guess that's more content creation. Um, but my, yeah, maybe my brain now has more switched to content creation mode than like photographer mode uh, because it's like, why is this photo interesting? So you got to like, why should I make a video about this? And what's the reason behind Like I'm always thinking about that. So like, so maybe that is the content creation creator side of me coming out. Um, but yeah, like it's always about showing, like if I make a reel or if I make a TikTok, there's always got to be a point to it, but like, or else like, what, why am I making this video if there's no point to it? Um, so it's always like thinking about, am I going to teach someone something? Am I going to, uh, show the behind the scenes of a process? Am I going to like, what am I doing with this video? I get it. I, and, uh, and I'm the same, like, I'm, and I apologize for, I guess, just random arbitrary labels, but like photography content creator, and you can be somewhere in the middle and it's, it's all very nuanced, but, um, m you know, everyone's photography brain who's on social media, you, you know, and trying to kind of dabble with reels and try to grow everyone's photography brain has changed a little bit, right? Because mm. instead of just taking a photo and just, just enjoying that as a, as the process or the end result and both, it's like now you and me, it's, it's I, I think we're similar in terms of kind of the videos we create in terms of educational or BTS, like every photo you're taking now is like, okay, how can I make a video about this? Right. Or how can I, how can I share this in a different way? How can I kind of capture the BTS or oh, fuck, I need someone else to, to hold the, you know, it's just a completely different concept. Right. Um, uh, but it's fun. Like I really enjoy it. It's just, it's just more work and it's just a completely different way of thinking. I just always try and get, be, tr try and be sure that it doesn't detract from the, the photography side of it. Right. Um, for cool. Yeah. Um, speak to me a little bit about your creativity process. You talked about it earlier in terms of most of the time, just kind of things come to you. Is there anything you do that helps with creativity? Because I know me included, there are some periods and some seasons in my life where like my creativity is, is it's really difficult to be creative right now in my headspace or with other stuff going on. Um, and then other times like just flow state after flow state. Is there anything that you do deliberately that helps with your, your process and your creativity? Or do you just kind of leave it to that organic process, I guess? Mm, I think stepping away is always a good thing, like having breaks. Um, and for me, I watch and play a lot of sports <laughs> as a, on the side. So like when I'm playing, I play uh, basketball, I play tennis and I play uh, futsal. So I play, you play a lot what, of sports sorry? during the week. Futsal, indoor, indoor soccer, indoor football. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, and when I'm, like, let's say playing tennis, I'm focusing on how to hit this ball, right? So my brain's not thinking about work. My brain's not thinking about being creative. It's just like, I think it, the switching off process is so important because then when you're back home and you're editing, it's like, oh, I'm switching it back on. It's like a refresh. Mm. Um, I think that's always been a good thing. Like. And not like having lots of breaks is actually a very good thing when it comes to being creative. Great shout to me. Um, yeah, we just started playing paddle here in Bali, which is kind of a oh, trendy yeah? <laughs> thing, right? I say just started. I've played once, and uh, but <laughs> love it. I a bit like you. I I grew up with sports. Always played sports, um, and did miss it a little bit uh, when we moved to Bali. It's, it's just so, it's just so hot here as well so it just doesn't yeah make me kind of want to do it but yeah um 
definitely having a complete also a break. Something, yeah, which yeah. is, I was going to say, it's so important just to yeah. be with a, with a couple of friends and all you're thinking about, like you said, is having a laugh, hitting a ball, nothing to do with, you know, photography or content creation or growing and social media and jobs and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And it just, like you said, just separates. I think that's a really good shout and something that people need to remember because burnout is only around the corner. Once you really get in yeah. that, in that groove, in that flow, accepting job after job and posting and this and that, all the pressure that you put yourself under to grow as a photographer, filmmaker, visual artist, content creator, whatever you want to call yourself. It's very easy, isn't it, to get into that hole? I think also, like, sport is a very strategic thing. So, like, indirectly, it helps with your strategic thinking. Like, it's like, how do I beat this person in tennis? Or how do I beat this other team in basketball? So you have to, like, find ways to do it. And so, like, you're constantly problem-solving, but a different, pro completely different problem. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's always been, like, like yeah like i when i play basketball and play soccer it's i like to be the facilitator kind of thing like i'm more of a passing person trying to get my teammates open and like getting them an easy shot and stuff like that so that i think indirectly helps with like uh creative thinking and also business thinking as well like you know what can i do in my passion that will lead to jobs like that kind of stuff what can I do in my passion that will lead to jobs? Love it. Like, what can I do in my photography passion? That, like, yeah. what sort of videos do I need to be making to be able to land jobs with people in the future? And yeah. that's sort of the questions I think about when I'm when I'm making videos. Cool. Um, look, I could talk to you for hours. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you so much for joining. I'm going to leave you with a question on this podcast. We we've copied another trend from. A much bigger podcast but we get our guests to write a question for the next guest not knowing who they're on so yeah once we're off air i'll ask you to write a question but i've got a question for you from laura bc who's our previous guest uh last week her question was and i think we've covered this a little bit already but um her question was what's the next step you want to take to keep evolving in your creative career um I think it's to never be stagnant, like never think you know everything. And so always be learning and always be continuously pushing yourself. And yeah, never think you know everything. I think that's my always, like my always meant my mentality all the time. So like you think, you know, Instagram, you don't, you think, you know, social media, there's so much more to learn. Like, I've been in this space for like 12 years and I feel like I've just been scratching a little bit, but you know, there's people doing so much more than me. Um, and so it's always, uh, having the, like the, the want to learn more, I think is always the mentality that you need to have to move forward and to grow. I love it. Humility and education, right? So that, that, yeah. <laughs> What a wonderful combination. Um, well, it certainly comes across having spoken to you how humble you are and um, it you know, must be difficult because you are an incredible photographer, incredible artist and um, you know, congratulations Thank on you the so success much. you've had with that and I wish you the very best of uh, luck and huge success moving forward. I can't wait to have you on the show again, hopefully in person. So next time you're in Bali, please give me a shout. Um, hopefully I'm here <laughs> as well and we can, we can sit down over the table and and chat some more but until then awesome. thank you so much and um yeah, thank we'll, you for having we'll me hope you speak again soon <laughs> thank you yeah thank you <laughs>